Pat, you already sound beaten down after seeing this. No, I just took a deep breath because I'm fat. Welcome to Direct Off. Three friends get together, talk about movies, specifically two directors' filmographies. We put them face to face and we des- decide a best, uh, most mediocre, and worst film for each, and then from there, figure out who is the best director. My name is Drew Mick. I'm Patrick Huff. And I'm Tanner Ackerman. Um, so we are officially launched, I guess. We now have art, we now have a theme song, which we all just heard. And we are online now, so that that's that's something, huh? The first step to fame, baby. This is it. Um, yep. So last last week we talked about Nolan versus Cameron. Last week, I think um, this was going to come out a little later than a week after. <laughs> yeah, you're right. I'm sorry. I'm used to saying last week, last month, or whenever it was. <laughs> um, last time um, we compared Nolan versus Cameron, and I think ultimately it was Nolan that we decided scientifically it was the best. Yes. Right? yes, Yep. we did decide that. And some people will uh, have issues with that. <sighs> yeah. Um, Th- those people would be but, wrong, but, you know. No, yeah, no, I. this is science. Yeah, I mean, we it's, have, it's, it's now it's etched in stone. But this week, this week, this time, this episode. <laughs> well, is, I don't know, during this week, whatever week it comes out. <laughs> yeah, I guess it is a week right now. We're in the middle of a week. Um we're doing two different directors, of course, and it wasn't until like going through making the list and after watching all these filmographies of both these directors that we'll announce here pretty soon. I just got to say, we were pretty spoiled by having Nolan and Cameron because <laughs> I think right away, just looking at everyone's list, we're going to have some different opinions here. And this is going to be a little more heated, I'd say, <laughs> and <laughs> a little more debatable. Um but yeah, no, I just, I greatly appreciate Nolan and Cameron now for, for giving us like, all right, this is clearly their worst. This is clearly their best and yeah. stuff like that. We were so, do you guys agree? very much on the same page for for the most part. I think there were a couple where we maybe disagreed a there little, a few, but... but most of them I'm just like, yeah, I can see why you would think that. I yeah. I, I think Pat's going to get heated in this one. <laughs> I don't uh, know. Why? <laughs> I can go ahead and, and kind of introduce who we're doing and kind of why we picked them if, if we're yeah. ready do it yeah do that and then also be sure to read uh, well no we'll do we'll read filmographies right before we talk about each one each person yeah. so yeah go ahead yeah uh so this this episode we're doing michael mann versus david fincher and uh so we picked michael mann and david fincher because they are two directors that have very clear visions of what they want in their movies and they're maniacal about getting their exact vision on screen uh there's like legendary stories about them on set the research and the details and stuff that they do just uh, in in Mm -hmm. last of the mohicans he made the entire crew hike up the appalachian mountains to get the shots that he wanted and then 
And I'm sure D- Daniel Day-Lewis was like already halfway up the mountain when he oh, said yeah. that they were doing that. Day-Lewis was ready to go. <laughs> Lewis was, was going. And uh, Michael Mann famously like broke Jake Gyllenhaal on the set of Zodiac with how many takes he was doing. So they... they uh, Like mentally? Yeah, he he would he would do like ninety like the famous thing is from the social network. The first scene with him and Rooney Mara was like a hundred takes, and he used the 99th take. So wow, he, uh, that's and crazy. yeah, they're they're both pretty crazy in terms of what they want, and uh, they're notorious for their vision and what and what they want. So we kind of picked them, um, and they do have kind of similar themes, similar ish themes. Um, but that's kind of why we picked them, and they have a, a similar amount of films, so it just kind of worked out. So, so do we want to? Who do we want to start with, boys? So I, I just let me preface this by saying this one was unique for me because I had seen some of Fincher's movies and like almost none of Michael Mann's movies. I think the only Michael Mann movie that I had seen was public enemies um, which was insane pat you had seen all these except for the keep right yes i had seen all of these movies except for the keep these are two directors that are very partial to me um i like both of these directors a lot uh and i i wanted to talk to you guys about this specifically because i hadn't you hadn't seen it so i kind of wanted to see yeah. i wanted you guys to see these movies a because i like talking uh, about these movies with people so the more people i can make watch them the the happier i am <laughs> yeah so i think just from a strategic standpoint we should start with michael mann because i feel like that's going to maybe be the most heated and i'd rather get that out of the way and then honestly make an assessment on time and see where we're at yeah, I mean, does, does that make sense? Yeah, I think we should do start with Man, and then we can move to Fincher and go from yeah. there. Okay, all right. Um, so we started with the worst last time, but actually, okay. Before we do that, holy shit! Why? Oh my god! What's happening? You guys hear that? Yeah. Why is there music in the background? So, <laughs> you know those big old like vans that you can like live out of? Yes. A big one of those just drove by, all beat up and rusted, and it has people inside jamming to music and people on the roof, like, sitting there, like, swaying to the music. So, <laughs> welcome to Minneapolis. It's actually pretty funny. And they also have this huge stick with, like, a camera at the end, like, sticking out the back, so they've got, like, this aerial view of them. It's kind of funny. A lot of uh, technical issues here to start to start our, yeah. <laughs> start our episode. Uh, maybe I can edit it out. Um, who would like to say... Uh, Michael Mann's filmography in order. Uh, I can say it. Um, okay. So Michael Mann started out with the movie Thief in 1981, and then he mm-hmm. made The Keep in 83, Manhunter in 86, Last of the Mohicans in 92, Heat in 95, The Insider in 1999, Ali in 2001, Collateral 2004, Miami Vice 2006, Public Enemies in 2009, and Black Hat in 2015. So he's made now, 11 films. Is he kind of done, or is he working on anything? He's it just announced he's he's directing a a biography on for Enzo Ferrari, starring Hugh Jackman as Ferrari. Interesting. Oh, I did know that. 
Is Christian Bale in that, or did I make that up? It was going to be Christian Bale for a long time, but then it took too long in development. And he's also... So Michael Mann was like the the creator of the TV show Miami Vice, and he just directed the pilot of Tokyo Vice that's going to be airing on HBO starring Ansel Elgort, the guy from Baby, I don't know how to say his name. Didn't I also read that Michael Mann like based Heat off of a failed pilot of his own writing? He made a TV movie called L.A. Takedown that isn't good. Yeah, okay. But Heat is the finished version of that, essentially. Yes. Interesting career. Mm-hmm. So we will start with the worst, and who wants to go first? Um, so are we gonna talk? So like, oh, the tears. Uh, the we should we should mention that we're doing some, it a little differently right now, right? Yep. Um, okay. So I can go. So he made eleven movies. I think that there's four movies that are in his lowest tier. But wait, before we do that, we're I, I, we should mention that we're going to do it a little differently than last week. Like we won't make a decision on worst until the end, right? Yeah. Yep. Okay. Uh, do you want to? I can. Yeah, I can do that. Okay. Sorry, we're we're all still learning here. Um. So we 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 kind of figured out since Nolan and James Cameron were so easy, we thought it would always be like that. But we're quickly figuring out it's not going to be the case with everyone. So I think with this one, what we're going to do is we're going to take our time, talk about the worst, talk about the mediocre, talk about the best but not come to any sort of conclusion on each one until the very end after we've talked about all three tiers, right? I think that'll probably be maybe the best way to handle this because I don't want to say that this movie is the worst and then Patrick is just like, well, I think that's the best movie. And then... Uh, it, it would kind of fuck with it. With with Nolan, it was always just like, "Yep, yeah, that's that's a fair assessment." With this, it's not going to be that way. So that's how we're going to be doing it. I guess this is kind of like a trial run on that. We might change it for next week. Who knows? It's our podcast. We can do whatever we want. Yeah, we can do whatever we want. Um, so yeah, I'm sorry, Patrick. Go on with what you were saying. I, I think he has four movies. It, let's just so the keep is it's. It's honestly, it like should be disqualified. Uh, it, <laughs> Here, <laughs> I mean, so, uh, <laughs> he, he directed a 210 minute movie and the studio was like, nah, we're going to make it an hour 35 and they just cut out like most of it, an hour and a half of it. So it doesn't make any sense. <laughs> I, okay. <laughs> so let's, let's talk about the keep because you both put the keep as your lowest and I put it as my second lowest. So it's definitely a fair contender. Um, I was watching the keep and I was like, at first I was like, ah, oh, this is goofy. This is weird. I love it. And then I kept watching it and it just didn't make any sense. Yeah. I didn't know what was going on. That's the problem. It I, literally doesn't make sense. There's giant yeah, time thought, jumps. You just like, there's clearly scenes missing to understand anything. <laughs> I, yeah, I don't, I It was so hard to follow. I thought the, um, the monster, whatever it was looked cool as hell. I did too. I mean, there's, there's some cool stuff in it, but like, yeah. and it, it's not like one of the, it's not like Interstellar where it's like confusing on purpose. Like it literally yeah. doesn't make sense because they cut out half of the movie. So yeah, like, I, I, I had read that later that they did that. So that, that it kind of makes sense now, but I, I remember watching it and I was like, damn, Ian McKellen's been old for a long time. And then, <laughs> oh, suddenly they did that. They, he was wearing makeup. Um, just my two cents. I don't know. I, I'm usually a fan of like the goofy and weird, but this one was just 
I'm okay with goofy and weird as long as it makes a little more sense than I kind of wanted. Yeah, it really suffers from just like there's a point like when the first like big thing happens where one of the Nazis like wait this cross specifically is silver and they go fuck with it and they both like die or one of them dies another one was like trying to pull them out by their legs and then like I swear like a minute later it cuts to like it has to have been like a month or something because then the guy goes five more people dead I'm like wait what yeah. Yeah, yeah. It was just like we're led to believe that they are staying in this place and all these murders are happening. It and also like, doesn't yeah. explain why they're going there. Like they just They just want the gold. They just silver, they I just mean. arrive and no, then they're all just of a supposed to hold these, it. These other Nazis show up. I guess maybe we're led to believe it's a more str- it's a strategic it's, point. They're not they them. don't even want the silver. Like don't touch the crosses and shit. Like they're not even going for yeah. that. It's just a spot yeah, they're it, holding. No. And he just, Michael Mann completely disowns the movie. He, like, doesn't want anything to do with it. And rightfully so. I mean, I don't think it's very good. Um, And it clearly, I I mean, maybe the 210-minute version is really good. But uh, (laughs) I don't know. At first, I was like, oh, man, I'm kind of getting a Raiders of the Lost Ark vibe from it. And, like, but but like a little more serious and i was like down for it but it just it it has like a flat. cult following on the internet yeah there are yeah, people who I like believe do stand by it which is weird i mean actually that's the, that makes the most sense cuz people on the internet love everything but it yeah. it it's sh- shocking to me that it had a following cuz it's I didn't so understand incoherent. was it an alien was it a no so it is I a demon and it yeah, has I think a name. It's a demon. They demon. never say the name once in the entire movie, but it does have a they name. They never say it, and you only get it from subtitles. Like, it's Mal- Malachor or something? Yes, something like that. It's, also, this it's movie like, has like, a weird amount of special effects for a director who's always been known for like never wanting to use like CGI or anything like that. Yeah, th- this movie has n- nothing to do with any other of the kinds of movies that Michael Mann does, which are almost entirely crime. I yeah, it's they're almost entirely so, crime, and that's why when I was watching this one, I was like expecting something out of it, like it to be that way. But then you you said it was like, I saw that it was like a World War Two era thing, and I was like, oh, interesting. Was not expecting the sci-fi magic stuff out of it. Yeah, I was excited to watch this movie because I was the one I hadn't seen, and my excitement didn't last just, very long. Just hit. Now you can say you watched it. Yeah, like, yeah, I can paper. say that. I've- it sounds like a cool idea. It's like yeah, it has it, it has a lot of famous people in it. Like it has Ian McKellen, like, Scott Glenn is fam- Scott, Scott Glenn, Glenn is yeah. shredded in this movie. By the way, um, I didn't understand what Scott Glenn's character yeah, so was. I didn't understand the dude whose eyes glow all of a sudden. Right? When, yes. Yeah. He's. It's like he's he, somehow tied to this. I guess we're led to believe like he is like the the opposite of the the, the monster's name is uh, Molasar. Yeah, he's supposed to be like linked to him in some way. But it's never like. But I didn't understand explained. like why. And then like I could I guess with the the time cuts and whatnot, like he just shows up and meets Eva. He just uh, shows up and they start banging, daughter, and they just start banging. It's just Which like, even for Michael Mann, that's a little like fast and doesn't make sense even more than normal for his romantic relationships. For, like having watched all his movies, yeah, it seems like he's 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 quick on the romance. But this just felt weird. Scott Glenn's character's name is Glaken. That's right. <laughs> what even? Yeah. Um, so that was one that stood out. The other. Oh, sorry. Um, I do have one more thing to say about the keep. 
What? Go okay. ahead. Even though it's it's trash, it's a terrible movie. Doesn't make much sense. There are some very good Michael Mann shots in it, like when uh, he's driving the motorcycle oh, through yeah. that forest, and it's such as like a, oh yeah, a wide shot of that. And then there's like a shot where the tank is like driving out of the keep, and like the shot of the keep is really cool. Mm-hmm. Yeah, at the very beginning when that lone guy walks into the keep, I was like, oh, yeah. this is like very that was artsy. still cool. showing Michael like Mann this. was a shot master even then. Michael Mann, it. king of the shots. But that's uh, that's about all the good things I can say about it. Yeah, yeah. Uh, the other three that I think are in the lowest tier, I, I I'll do two. One of them is is probably middle tier. Public Enemies and Black Hat were the other two that <laughs> of of the Michael Mann movies that I like just didn't. And I I've tried to like Black Hat. I really want to like it. I've watched it a bunch of times, and it just it just doesn't do it for me. I think it's it's his last movie, and it's it's kind of like a retread. A lot of his movies have very similar themes, but Black yeah. Hat especially to me felt like he kind of lost his fastball it it also read to me kind of like a movie directed by a guy who didn't really fully understand how computers and hacking worked yeah it just felt like it it came out and very quickly the hacking that they show is out of date like it i don't know that's kind of i don't know much about doing something like that in general though that stuff gets out of date very it is true yeah yeah and and I like Man Michael Mann's movies because of like they're they're very realistic in the crimes that they do and and he does his research so it's like accurate and I'm sure that this is accurate but like when you're making a movie about a guy who's st- like stealing soy futures and like trying so to manipulate the price of tin tin ore I, and it's like all right Michael Mann you at least make him do something cool like nobody you, cares if this guy's messing with soy futures in watching this movie i was like oh shit this hacker this black hat guy can do whatever what's his first move oh my god he blows up a a a reactor a nuclear reactor that's huge what's his next move gonna be and what's his end game gonna be it's got to be huge because he started with a nuclear reactor yeah it made it seem (laughs) like he was just like high level terrorist but really he's just like Oh, he just wanted to practice on the pumps so he could yeah. flood a and valley like his to next move raise was the like, price of tin. Well, raising the price price of soil. To be soy, fair, they did say like, it, like okay. it would kill as many people as nine eleven did with by flooding that. So yeah, it wasn't is, just the yeah. tin thing. Yeah, it was just but like still the the stakes were not really expressed that way. Well I would say to once me. that movie gets know. past like um, to the point where they're like um in is it South America where they are for that. The, with the tin, Where? I think so. Yeah. No, Where that's in Jaca- that's in Jakarta. Okay, when it gets oh, yeah. there, I like it drops off a cliff for me on how much that movie like drops in I quality. I just didn't care. Like the soy, I was just like, okay, yeah, that's something I didn't really consider they could do yeah. manipulate the economy like that. But yeah, that makes sense that they would do that. It's kind of flexing their power, and then it just ends. And then ultimately, the ending just o- underwhelmed to me because Very it came down to him. In a fucking courtyard with magazines down yeah. his shirt, why like, is, gonna stab a guy? He, he screw drives the guy to death. Like he literally guy keeps stabs watching. him with a spoiler alert, but he stabs someone to death with a screwdriver twice. Yeah, I mean, I think people need to accept that we're gonna be spoiling any movie that we're we talk about. We're gonna spoil this. the shit out of these movies. And then the guy, the black hat, who I don't remember his name. That's how insignificant this villain was. Just watched it and just just did nothing. Uh, the guy that plays the black hat is the. Uh, 
the he was rape, in another movie, the rapist right? in Girl with the Dragon Tattoo. In Girl with the Dragon oh, Tattoo, yeah, you're fun. right. Fun stuff. And yeah, good stuff. <laughs> it, oh, and that that crosses over to our next director. I didn't even think yeah, that's yeah, yeah, that's, right. I did, yeah. And then I think actually, I when I was watching these movies, I watched Girl with the Dragon Tattoo right after Black Hat. So <laughs> I was like, oh, same here. I watched those two consecutively. Uh, it was a really fun four hours. And then, yeah. <laughs> and then, uh, in black, like black hat was also weird. Like Michael Mann, he, typically he gets really good performances out of his lead actors and actresses. At least I think so. And Chris Hemsworth is not good at being the cool. I, it, Something did feel off. I don't think. The whole I don't think he was good in this movie. Well, in all. the the no. accent, there's a reason. Like, why? Why make him have an American what? accent? Yeah, just be Australian. I didn't even pick. I just didn't even. Yeah, he didn't. He could. His his roommate was um, Chinese. Yeah, like, he yeah. could have been from anywhere when they were <laughs> so college. Why, did he, have why did he? And like so the movie doesn't take place in America. So like it. No. Like it takes place all over Asia. So like, why not just let him be Australian? I didn't. I didn't understand that That's choice. Stupid. He was also and supposed I mean, to be. Um, Colin Farrell's character in Miami Vice again, like one hundred percent, he was just trying to make that same character again. Yeah, from, from even the, the hair, story from saying "Hola, yeah, Chica." Yeah. yeah, and the story with the the Asian his sister. Yep. Um, it, yeah. Which, it okay. reminded me so a lot. It was Miami a, Vice. <laughs> a ton of that. Yeah. So, uh, is Michael Mann married? I doubt it. Very because so, but if know, he is, knows? like, did he meet his wife by like? staring at her sometimes and then being a complete dickhead to her and then she immediately fell in love with him because that seems to be how he understands relationships his relationships that he shows are just rushed and weird i don't pat's not gonna like this but he is terrible at showing romantic relationships between people like he doesn't understand how they work well i I have no idea why that woman was into thor at all it doesn't make any sense other than i mean look at him i guess but i think michael mann's been actually he's married he has a daughter so he very well. Um, I guess spouses. We, we probably should make Man assumptions on his personal life based on his art. No, no, no for shouldn't. sure. But We're I think he's terrible at, at showing it in movies. Like he, just, he just like basically the extent of his romance is that they meet, maybe have dinner, and then they like then the woman look is at each other and just start fucking. It's so weird. At the same time, in defense of this, you know, okay, he, he his movies star. I mean, they're they're criminals who have spent time in jail, so like they're probably not super well versed at normal conversations. To us, I mean, which they're that, hardened sure, criminals. Maybe that part's accurate. In jail. But why would a woman be into a man like that? I mean, there's other movies I, I can bring know. it up again. It needed to show why it doesn't. It needs to show why. He, it's not just him. It's not just we don't need to justify Chris Hemsworth. We need to show why she's yeah, falling. Why with him. is she so devoted to him immediately? And like I will travel, yeah, I will the, flee the country with you now too. There's there's a I thought about typing that there's a bunch of examples in Michael Mann movies where guys say things that like look really <laughs> cool, but like nobody in actual nobody life could that. ever say them. <laughs> like, <laughs> like for an example in uh in Miami Vice, which I'm sure <laughs> we'll get to. One. He just like walks up to that bartender and she's like, oh, Rita, where are you from? And she's like, Puerto Rico. He's like, oh, but you got your tan in Miami. It's like, what does that, what does that mean? <laughs> like, fuck you. <laughs> and then she was just like, I'm into that. I mean, then again, 
if I looked like Colin Farrell. Or yeah, Christine I mean, so that's the argument you can always make is, is look at these men. <laughs> like, they look yeah. good. They're good-looking guys. So, like, I'm sure they get away with saying more things than, like, all three of us could say. <laughs> like, if I went up to my wife and was like, oh, you got your tan in Iowa, she'd be like, what the hell are you talking about? What the fuck about? are you talking about? <laughs> Yeah, that. Or <laughs> I, a, I think a, I watched another... that line twice because I was like, "What the fuck?" Oh, I know why I watched it twice, but we can get to that yes. when we talk about Miami Heat. Another yeah. example is in Heat when Robert De Niro's first interaction with the girl is like, "Lady, why are you so interested in what I read, what I do?" And she's just like, <laughs> "She's like, oh, I like this guy." It's like, what? Uh, it's, it's his lines that medals. he has where we'll they're talking to women. It's just like, what the fuck? There are some lines in there. Oh, well, wait, hold on. I got I watched... Which which movie was it with Al Pacino? The Insider. Okay, yeah, The Insider. Where he was just like, did someone else just walk into the room? Are you talking to me? Yeah. <laughs> or like, I don't know, a, he said something like that. I was like, line. that was a good line. <laughs> Al Pacino. I've, I've watched more Al Pacino movies now than i've ever done it because we watched uh insomnia mm-hmm. la- last round and now what it, the insider and what was the other pacino one heat 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 he was so in heat we yeah. can do a, a quick side thing i did text pat i think last night and i said wait is al pacino one of the greatest actors of all time <laughs> like I he's so not good i it. love him you guys are fucking crazy of course he is <laughs> Yeah, it's honestly Pat. Like I've I've just never seen that much Pacino stuff, and it's like I'm loving it. His, it's so good. His his run in this like his stuff in the 70s is like legendary. Like Dog Day Afternoon, The Godfathers. Yeah, I look forward to seeing uh, more this of is, stuff. I yeah, mean, he, he's he's one of the greatest actors. I mean, Scarface. Like he's one of the best actors. Like he's if, if people talk about the greatest screen actors of all time, his name is going to be brought up. I mean, that's just... It's a definite blank space in my, like, filmography. Like, it's just not something I've ever watched. So, like, this is cool. I, I'm yeah. loving it. Yeah. Um, um, we should keep so, staying on topic. What's your... Yeah. Oh, sorry. Did you have something to say so, about I was just going to say, so my... Th- the three lowest tiered movies for me were The Keep, Black Hat, and Public Enemies. I was going to include one more, but I'll, I'll leave that for the middle tier, I think. Because there's enough in it okay. that I really like to keep it in the middle okay. tier. So, what do you what do you guys think? <laughs> do you not want to talk about Public Enemies? Uh, uh, I guess we I can, do. don't have I'll to. talk about public enemies. Or we can wait. 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 Yeah. You've done your two. I <laughs> I don't know. Do you want to go? <laughs> um, I want to I want to throw mine in for Thief. I did not like Thief. So. That is... Fuck, that is, is gonna, I cannot believe you ranked Thief I, below... I did not like Thief. Shocking I am sorry. I'm sorry. I just, I just was watching it. I, I will be the first to say I'm not like the biggest on like cr- crime dramas like I, I it's it's just not for me and that's very much like weighing in on this i i i and it's just not interesting to me and like watching thief there was just some weird cuts in it i did not like the final con- like final fight it just sucked so much for me it looked bad admittedly i i'm trying so hard to like keep in mind it's his first film and it was back in it was 81 right yeah 81 so like effects weren't what they are now of course but like i just couldn't get past it i just didn't like it that much i'm willing to say it's not the worst but it's not even close to the worst in my opinion i don't know i I will say in drew's defense for the like first 45 minutes of it i was kind of like this movie's not that good i don't love it 
But so I will say in, in hindsight, I thought about it more and like watch the opening again. The opening is actually pretty dope once you kind of comprehend what's happening where there's like no talking or no context or anything. But like for the first little bit where he's like going through the car dealership, he's like, uh, I'm fucking talking to some dude who like fences for me and stuff. And I'm just like, I, this feels like like the second part of a movie where the dude's going to be like, all right, I need one last score and I'm out, which kind of is what the movie yeah. is 45 minutes on. Felt in, in that also read as like, pretty generic to me i don't know. yeah it is and then, but also the thing is though think of when it came out drew that was probably not that generic at the time i know i know i know i know i know but like he he, he basically created a, a new visual style with that movie i mean people weren't shooting movies with that color scheme like no one was doing that okay uh, i'm not criticizing the color yeah scheme i know i know <laughs> and i don't you guys didn't like the the scene with James Caan in the diner in his monologue, that's like some of the best acting. Where he's talking to this rushed... Okay, explain the timeline to me. He talks to the guy and is just going to do the last thing, and he's already seen this girl, and suddenly they're getting married, and they're getting a house, and they're adopting a kid. That felt very fast because he... So like he's like staring at her in the diner and stuff, and then like he walks up to her like, dinner tonight? I was like, oh, so he must know her more than I thought he did or something, but I still cannot tell if that was the first time they were going to go on a date or not do you know pat it felt like it so in the monologue he says i he goes over things he's like i change shoes uh, or he's like i change cars like people change their shoes i'm wearing yeah, this no ring. i'm not so talking about like, that yeah i know no, no, but no. my point is is he's saying that things like sh- so he's saying it like she should have noticed this that's what yeah that's so what kind of led me to believe they'd been on more than one date. they'd been on a few but like he fucked up recently which, which made gave me a no, feeling no no like no, no. He, I, I actually do think that that was pretty close to their first thing but i yeah, think they had she just like said, she's like you think i was just sitting down waiting for you to sweep me off my feet i think like that, that they'd had like a running dialogue at the diner like little conversations it's yeah. so weird. So then he, he shows up like and then also he pulls date, and she's yeah. a little drunk and like <laughs> mad at him and he just like picks her up and like walks her out and like throws her in the car yeah. and she tries to get out and he like throws her in the car again and like yells at some dude looking at him in the car like go fuck yourself and then what drives off with her and then she's yeah. like yes I will marry you right now. And adopt a kid and have a house. What's the also fuck, I do Michael I do man? want to point out he pulls out a kindergarten style collage of what it, I just couldn't get behind. Hold on. Yes. I'm going to I'm going to defend all of this right here. <laughs> number one number one this is a bad person he was in jail for 10 years he tells the whole story about how he just like beat the shit out of people with pipes in order to survive so like not a good person so like yeah, not entirely sure shocked that he treats people poorly number two this is just interesting the bartender that tries to stop him is william peterson who was in manhunter in his first on-screen performance um he was the bartender in the bar hmm. and then Number two, he was in prison. It's not like he had a full art supply in Juliet Federal Penitentiary. So he's like doing the best he can with his art. Oh, I don't know. I, I was it just felt weird to me. But my point is, why the fuck is she like, yeah, I'll marry you right now. I'm so fucking devoted to you now. And also, because she's she was with a drug cartel. So like she's been around criminals. So like it's not like this life is completely foreign to her. But then also he says, how long is it going to take to do this job? And he's like, four, eight weeks top or something like that. So that gives us the timeline that this at most is two months. I will say, that though, is insane. from that point on, after the relationship part, when he agrees to start working for the dude, it does start to get really dope to me. Like when the, the lawyer and the judge are like debating on like the money by like holding up their fingers to their face and stuff. Like, I love that type of shit in movies. And I, I also think it's cool, like... Most of the people in this movie are actual Chicago police detectives or actual jewel thieves that Michael Mann just 
like recruited to be in the he's movie. He's huge he on wanted doing it, that. He wanted it to be so realistic, which, uh, which is cool to me. And so like all the stuff that they're doing with the tools to like robbing the bank, Michael Mann was just like, "Hey, can you guys just like bring some of your equipment that you use to rob stuff to the to the thieves?" And like, "Yeah, no problem." So like that stuff's just like what thieves use in real life. It's like that realistic, which I yeah. appreciate. And I, I do think that that monologue that James Conn gives is is really good and really in, well in the done. car or in the diner. No, 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 in the diner. And James Conn to this day says that that's the greatest piece of acting he's ever done. Hmm. All right, yeah, I found that. All right. Well, I, I do want to um, say I don't have Thief in my lowest rankings at all. I just like the first little bit. I did have a lot I could pick apart, but then it gets quite good to me i think here's my 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 shit against the the end thing where he's like raiding that house i thought that was so edited so poorly and i tried like i gave it the benefit of the doubt saying it's his first movie and maybe he's not good at editing but it was so bad and then i noticed it in like two or three other michael mann movies that he's got some pretty shitty edits it's not i think it's a choice why though okay in last of the mohicans the fucking they're about to be ambushed and like they're doing a shot of um the 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 the, they're marching by and the native americans are watching about to edit or to um ambush them and then within the same shot they all jerk and slightly change their positions like why did that edit happen and it was edits like that that happened in the end of thief that made me just like i can't get into this i think with thief you're talking about like when he goes to shoot the Robert Prosky's character when he's on the ground and he's like just got shot and he's just like in pain and then suddenly he's like at attention on the ground like firing just straight it's a Michael Mann staple to be firing from the from the ground I think I don't know I thought it was kind of a cool shootout I mean there are some interesting edits but it didn't take me out of the movie but I could understand I mean it's dated it's definitely dated but I mean it did come out 40 years ago it's dated to me but the fact that it was present in Last of the Mohicans, I was just like, what the... F- is this just what Michael Mann does? I didn't notice any bad edits in Last of the Mohicans. Yeah, I, I don't find that scene and send it to you. It, it, it took me out of it. I was... It was so bad. Oh, it, and the other was, of course, Manhunter. There was some shitty edits in Manhunter. That, I yes. Get I, I, the very, like, last any scenes, there's some, like, clear, like, oh, that was, like, a sharp edit. It's just when there was... It's, it's poor editing in the climactic... Um, scene where i was in manhunter and in thief where i was just like i, uh, I don't know about I, this i'm that's ridiculous manhunter's an amazing movie i was we, expecting more out of manhunter than what i got i got all i wanted out of it and more <laughs> um sure. so that's my thing against thief i don't think i'm willing to say it's not worse but i don't i, I will fight about it being best should if i that's say what we're doing. my other one that i have on the worst Yes, please. I want to hear this. <laughs> um, I could be. I might have been a little harsh. This might I'd be third, but I have it ranked as second worst right now. Is Miami Vice? You're a bad person. <laughs> yep. Dude, I the more I thought about it, Pat. So full disclosure, I watched this with Pat when he visited a couple weekends ago, and Pat was like mm-hmm. hype as shit during the whole movie and like just loving it. Um, <laughs> and I was like, yeah, it's pretty good. But the more I thought about, it, I'm like, you can't like. You can't understand a fucking word anyone's ever saying. Um, also, with Michael Mann, you always have to the remote in your hand because you have to turn the sound up and down all the time. Does he because, have a hearing problem? Like, what the fuck? Yeah, his sound mixing <laughs> is inconsistent as hell. 
Um, it's so I bad. hate every single thing about Colin Farrell's relationship with um, Gong Lee. Is that the actress's name? Yes. I hate it all. The entire everything in Puerto Rico d- didn't need to be in the movie at all. Uh, this like taking a, a go fast boat there. That's like a what, a four hour boat ride. <laughs> okay, that's a terrible first date idea. But it's not. It's cool. Like it's cool. It's definitely cool that they do Let's that. Take a plane or a helicopter. Fuck, um, but. the fact that it's like, oh, it's a Jamie Fox, Colin Farrell buddy cop thing, and then like there's like the opening part where they're like, so the opening is dope, where they're in the club and all that stuff's going on, and then they step out onto the like skyline to like take that phone call, and it's like, shit, this is getting intense. This is getting cool. And they're doing that quick driving and stuff. And then, like, Jamie Foxx is just never in the movie ever again at any point. He's hard. No, uh, Jamie Foxx has the whole – he has the whole moment uh, when they go back to And I the just super park. don't fucking care about it because I didn't care about Jamie yeah, Foxx's character because I forgot he was in the movie. <laughs> it becomes a Colin um, Farrell a, Gong Lee movie. <laughs> I have a couple things to clarify with this movie, and you guys can help answer. One, we watched the director's cut. Yes, which a lot of people do say is significantly worse. I hated it. It was so bad. I like that first scene. I didn't care about with the boats, so I I skipped. I the reason I watched that that one line of him like, yeah, but you got your tan in, in yeah. Miami. This, I watched it twice because like I was already past it, and then I rewound to watch what you deemed was the true beginning. Um, so my question with that is, what is up with uh, Michael Mann and director cuts? What? Why is this a thing? Michael Mann is the type of director that it's like it's never finished for him. Like he just keeps working on it and tinkering. And on he it. keeps I mean, making just, it worse that's and worse. Just how he makes movies. So I, I will be the first to say that like maybe watching the director cut influenced my opinion here. Yeah, I just didn't when I bought it. I was younger and I was like, oh, director's cuts are like they've got to be better. And they this one apparently this one did add a lot more of the gongly and. Colin Farrell stuff, which Tanner didn't enjoy. It took sucked. away from Jamie it was bad. I didn't think it was um, bad, but I definitely, like, so, Drew, did you know this? So, Gong Lee doesn't speak any English, so all of her lines, she just learned them phonetically. Interesting. Interesting. So, that makes it look weird, uh, or That's sound weird. But, I, I, wasn't a, I think uh, Colin Farrell's really good in this movie. That's my opinion. Uh, correct me if I'm wrong. Isn't didn't Colin Farrell just walk off the set of this one and go into yeah, rehab? He doesn't remember filming it. He, no, he, he doesn't remember he, this. He was on the Bill Simmons podcast, and Chris Ryan and uh, Bill Simmons are big fans of this movie, and they wanted to yeah. talk to him about it. And he was like, "Yeah, I wish I could. I just, I literally just like, I don't remember it. I was that. Yeah, he doesn't. I was that. It. And drugs. also, didn't Jamie Foxx and Colin Farrell? hate each other so here's in this here's movie. the thing so colin farrell even though he was just like drunk and on drugs most of the time everyone <laughs> says he was like a professional he showed up on time he did all his sets did whatever they asked wasn't a jerk jamie fox i guess so jamie fox had worked with michael mann on collateral two years prior to this and ollie then, uh-huh. yeah and ollie yeah but then he won the oscar for ray in 2004 and mm apparently like on miami vice when they were filming it he was like i'm only gonna fly uh charter i am not gonna get like he was just like a diva on set well, and was not it, but was not in his defense well. there was a shooting on set one day in the uh because let's go into yeah. the sketchiest part of town i don't blame him for not there. wanting to go back to like the slums of cuba that's that <laughs> or belize yeah. or it was somewhere in south america yeah wherever I, they I, were but like even there's reports like prior to that he was not really into it. And Michael Mann like doesn't talk bad about him. He's like we had disagreements, but we both like we get along. But 
I think that's maybe why. And in Miami Vice, Tubbs is the secondary character to Crockett. So, like, so that makes Michael sense Mann, the show. Yeah, like, Colin Farrell was oh. top billing, and then he had to fight. He, like, argued to get the same billing as Colin Farrell. And yeah. Colin Farrell agreed to take a pay cut. To He was like, yeah, sure, I don't care. Um, huh. that's really all the more I have to say about what's bad about it. I feel like we'll talk about it more as we go to the better movies. Cause I, I have another, I have another question about Miami. Oh, Vice. Okay. That, that scene where they're playing the fucking Phil Collins song. Except it's oh not yeah. Phil Collins in the air. Tonight, was that a director non, in the air tonight? By, uh, yeah. Was that in the director's cut? Was that in the original? Because that sucked. Shit. From what no, I read, it was, not it was so bad. It's, oh my God. I think that it was. No, I'm was it? I'm That's... 90% certain it was not during the shootout. Uh, yeah, th- they're talking and they're like, you can be coming. Drew, do you and like, like that cover? And then it? it goes like, and then it goes like, no, I don't care. It's a good song and I don't mind that it's a cover. It just takes away from the fucking scene when there's this dialogue music going on underneath the dialogue. And when someone talks, you can hear the music go down temporarily and then they get done with their sentence and it goes back up. I think that is the dumbest thing bad editing bad sound i don't like the editing. end either where colin farrell like drives off with gongli and then like she's mad at him but then like we don't know what the fuck <laughs> happens in that yeah what happens <laughs> that movie is a vibe and i was feeling the vibe <laughs> and i am but mad at both of you for not like it's got it. it has amazing visual shots i will say that like that's and one then, of the i mean so did the Man keep movie. though the shot when they're on the rooftop and yes it's like dark and there's like lightning in the background. That's like amazing. It's so yeah, cool. I agree with that. Cool, that's a great shot. But like, to give me the a better no story sense. and dialogue. Well, that makes some sense. Just Colin Farrell's Wait, relationship makes no you, sense. You didn't understand the whole conversation when they're like, "Your opsec is totally blown," and you, everyone's like, "Wait, what? The, what's opsec?" What the no fuck? One, Michael Mann. No one knows what opsec means. What is Please that? I just like I wanted more of the people around them and not just Colin Farrell and his relationship with a woman who like we don't understand why she would be so into him anyway. I I liked their captain. Uh, I wish we had more of him. The which one was Barry, the captain? Barry Shabaka Henley. The uh, oh, he was in Ali, wasn't he? He was. In, yeah, he's brother Herbert in Ali, and he's yeah. he's the jazz singer in Collateral. That's it. Yeah, he was good. I in, kept noticing him watching these movies. movies. I was like, oh shit, cool. Um, I, look, I understand that Miami Vice is a very, like, hit or miss. It's not in my top four, but it's... It's in your, like, me- middle, right? Yeah, it's de- I, I'm not letting it be the worst. That's just not happening. No chance. Right. Well, I'm no, gonna, and I, I, I think we I, we know what's going to be the I think, worst. I think we know the, 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 the worst. I think, I think, I don't know. Should we it's move on the, to the middle, I, though? I think it's... Yeah, I let's, think, mo- yeah let's move yeah, on to the middle. We don't want to say it. All right. Um, Pat, you go first. What's What's your contender... For most mediocre, um, we've are. I see in the middle you have Miami Vice. Yep. So yeah. my my middle tier is four four movies. Um, it's I have Thief, Miami Vice, Last of the Mohicans, and Ali. Okay. So we've already talked about Thief and Miami Vice, and we've we've kind of weighed each one like why you think those are worthy of being a little higher than what tanner and i, I say mean, you can give your, like, so your why quick, like, two minute what is really good about miami vice if you want since yeah, i was that's just true. trying to kind of shit on it that. for a bit i think the way that it shot is it, it was one of the first movies to use digital cameras like that it was the first movie um to use this those cameras and it captures like the the way it looks at night 
is cool because it actually looks like you're in the night without having a bunch of lights over these guys when they're acting. And then I just think Colin Farrell is crushing it in this whole movie. And I actually kind of liked some of the musical choices. I thought it uh, was, it captured 2006 pretty well, which, uh, hmm. you know, that's just my opinion. But it, it, it definitely is a convoluted plot. It The thing is, is I've seen that movie like five times and it definitely gets better on rewatch the first time i watched it i was super disappointed and then it got better over time with me i don't think i'm gonna ever rewatch it <laughs> just, just i might try to watch person. the non-director's cut sometime i could see that okay that. yes then I will, I will watch that if 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 yes for sure yeah, yeah. i want to see but I, i'm not i'm not gonna sit here and say it's his top it, it's not it's not but i don't think it's his worst movie i think black hat is a shittier version of miami vice in see my and opinion. i i think black hat well, I did for a second think it was a slightly more entertaining version of Miami Vice, but the more I thought about it, I don't think I can stand by that. I think I would switch where Black Hat and Miami Vice are in my rankings. Mm. Okay. Uh, Do we want to talk about Last of the Mohicans then? Yeah. Because I, I, yeah, I also have, have Last of the Mohicans. In our middle tier, kind of. You have it a little lower. I have it a little higher, but more or less kind of in the middle. Yeah. I guess, Tanner, yours is maybe closer to the bottom. Not mine is, yeah. But I, I wouldn't have ever thought it was in contention for the worst. Yeah. I mean, it's it's fine. I, I, I mean, know. it's... I'd never seen this movie, which is astounding. I'd, same. I'd, I had never seen it before either. I mean, it's not... There's nothing bad about the movie. It's a little slow. Um, but, I mean, it's like just a traditional... Like so, it's kind of his only movie that's it's like a traditional Hollywood romance, right? That that is one thing about yeah. Michael Mann is like I think he has this reputation of he's just like yeah masculine. He makes really masculine like testosterone driven movies, and in reality, his movies are pretty much like eighty percent drama and then like a little bit yeah. of like kind of badass man action type shit. He definitely doesn't his he doesn't write his women characters very well. No. So but, yeah, it definitely is more to the masculine side with that. I, I would agree, but it's not like what you would typically think of as like just a guy's no. film. Yeah, like Last and Mo- like my mom loves Last and Mohicans, um, and it's like a good romantic movie. And uh, is it? Madeline Madeline Stowe is who plays Cora, and she's she's good in this movie, and she's like she's probably his best he- written character. I would say female. of the Michael Mann romances I saw, I believed Last of the Mohicans romance like probably the most. No, like that I one. disagree. Really? What's what? What do you think? Um, I mean, I'll say it when we get to the movie. What I think the best one is, I okay. just Last of the Mohicans. There was another one that I thought maybe is a contender for like was it a romance, but only because it's made to be quick. It, so this was just like another example to me of though, like he doesn't get how men and women interact. He just like he. So Daniel Day Lewis stares at her for a bit. And she goes, why are you, why are you staring at me? He's like, cause I want to. She's like, all right, let's go bang. And that's like, that's it. And then they're in love. Well, I mean, there's something to be said. Like if, if someone saved your life, you would probably have a certain affection towards them. Right. You're a big apologist for his romantic. I mean, I'm not saying they make sense, but it's not like. I really disagree with that, Patrick. I think because someone saves your life doesn't mean you're like gonna. Oh yeah, yeah, I'm beholden to you. No, but I mean, it is a thing though. Psychologically, I think that's actually like a real thing. Yes, and I and I also think like she's been getting, she's probably just been getting hounded by these wig wearing English guys who just like treat her as like we will get (laughs) married because our families know each other and we're rich. True. Like yeah. 
and then this guy comes along who's authentic, saves her life. I mean, it's, it's I mean, it's standard day Lewis also, so he's a good looking guy. And I don't know. Yeah, I, with, I, with... I think that that romance is believable. The one in this movie that doesn't make any sense is the younger sister. That his like his adopted brother or no, yeah. he's the adopted brother. His, like, the brother and the younger brother. sister. That that was the one where I was like, I don't think that both of these sisters would fall in love with both of these I didn't people. even yeah. fully I wasn't fully certain that that was like what was going on between the two of them I couldn't I tell know. for sure it was really only apparent when the brother died and she killed yeah, herself and I, was yeah. like, Wait, and, and, I didn't get why she did it <laughs> that, that guess, explains it to me now I've I listened to a podcast on this movie and I and I one defense I don't agree with it but it's like she's younger and it's kind of like puppy love almost like uh, someone showed interest in her and she was just like taken by it because she's a teenager i mean in a sense that's kind of what's going on with cora mm-hmm. but but i do think that i mean yeah it's obviously a very rushed relationship but i mean it also it's i mean it's, it's a movie rushed. like we don't have yeah i know i know yeah it is it, it is unfair it's, it's not that different than most romances in movies I, w- I would say i mean yeah i don't know maybe like i, I mean did they have did they, they spend the just same. as much time together as jack and rose on the titanic Probably yeah, more time, honestly. But that's it's. I don't know. Something about Jack and Rose just feels more real than yeah, some of the. Yeah, I, I think Cameron knows how to do a romance better. <laughs> it's just, it, it, yeah, it, just, it doesn't come down to time characters would have spent together. It comes down to how the director portrays these characters, yeah. and I don't think man. I think man just falls a little short. Yeah, just for me, more than Cameron. Or yeah, Cameron, I think does a good job of it. Yeah. Did you guys? I don't know. Where did you guys? How, how, did you guys think Day Lewis was? was bringing his normal heat with this movie. I'm trying to think what else I've seen Day Lewis, Daniel Day Lewis in. I've only seen I've seen Lincoln, Gangs of New York, he's, which he's he won, brings it. He's won 3 Academy Awards. Does he win it for this? No. Or does he He doesn't okay. he didn't even get nominated for this movie. Okay. So he won for My Left Foot where he plays the paraplegic. He got for Lincoln, right? He won for Lincoln and he won for There Will Be Blood. Right. Uh, I he have was, seen There Will Be was, Blood, now that I think about it. And I've seen Gangs in New York, so... He was nominated That's, for Gangs in New York. He's I, awesome think, I think he was better in both He's of good. the movies we just said. By, like, a lot. Yeah, I do, I, too. I do, too. I don't think this is nearly his best performance. I think he's good in it. I think he's really no, good in I it. Think he's, yeah, I think he's fine. Yeah. I, he, I, 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 I need to watch it again, but I really like his performance in Lincoln. I thought he brought it to that role so much. So... He brings it in every role. I think he's really yeah. good in this movie. Um, do you think do, I don't, you you are the expert, Patrick? Do you think he brought it in last Mohicans? Yes, yes, I do. Okay. It's a good performance. I don't think it's. I mean, we're talking about arguably like one of the, the greatest actor of yeah. all time, yeah. but he's he's not bad in anything. But he's good in this movie. And does he is he the kind of person how to, to do all that stuff in real life yeah, for like I heard four that. months? So is he the kind of person who is I would imagine very selective of the roles he's taking. Yes. Yeah. You kind of have to be with like the kind of person he is for an actor. So it's like he saw something in this movie. Yeah. And I just want to go on a quick sidebar here with Michael mm-hmm. Mann and just the absolute amount of stars that he's worked with. So I'm just going to do this real fast. So in Heat, he has Val Kilmer, uh, Al Pacino, Robert De Niro, just to mm-hmm. name three people in that movie. John Voight's in it. Um, in The Insider, he's got Russell Crowe. Al Pacino, Manhunter is like his least. Uh, William Peterson was pretty big in the eighties, but it, it, uh, 
that's not a there's not a ton of people in the movie, but Collateral, Tom Cruise, Jamie Foxx, Jada mm-hmm. Pickett Smith, um, uh, Javier Bardem, in Thief it's James Caan, Miami Vice, Colin Farrell, and uh, Jamie Foxx, Last Mohicans, Daniel Day Lewis, Ali, Will Smith, uh, John Voight again, J- John Voight again, a- Jamie Foxx again, um, Public Enemies, fucking Johnny Depp, Christian Bale, Black Hat, Chris Hemsworth. The keep, I mean, keep even as famous Gabriel Byrne and Scott Glenn. I mean, he's worked with the biggest movie stars. How dare past. you forget Channing Tatum? Yeah. Oh yeah, and Channing Tatum. Channing Tatum. That's pretty good <laughs> Yeah. Channing Tatum was in Public Enemies for like yeah. barely I was anything, like, Wait, but he's in it. Is that really him? That was Channing Tatum. <laughs> I mean, I think the only, I mean, the, the only like guys we're missing are like. DiCaprio. Leo and Brad Pitt. I mean, he's worked and with the he attracts the biggest stars. Well, and yeah, big stars guess, want to work with him. Like Tom Cruise really yeah. wanted to do a man film. Yeah. And I like, guess he, maybe like with Nolan and Cameron, there's definitely some carryover across films like Michael Caine. I guess really the only one carryover with man is like Jamie Foxx, I guess, and because he he's was worked in three? with Pacino twice. Yeah. Pacino, yeah. But Jamie Foxx three times, right? Yep. Yeah, but the rest of them, I mean, he he uses he gets a lot a of like smaller guys over and over. Very again, diverse, yeah. But I mean, that's just like a ringer of. I mean, those are they're just the biggest movie stars of like the past forty yeah. years. So I just thought that was interesting that he's worked with that many famous. Like he clearly attracts like the biggest talent available. Yeah. Um. <laughs> Do you want me to go? <laughs> yeah, yes. I've got two here that I think you both are going to just hate. Um, both of them being Heat and Manhunter. Yeah, I, we're not talking about those movies right now. No, in this we, middle tier. We will have you oh sacrilegious. You can't. Okay. I, I just feel like because Pat and I both have them rank higher, we should probably talk about it when we're, we're talking about our top rank ones, right? Fine. Should we, should I mean, we talk about I just. I, I, sorry, go ahead. No, no, no. We should talk. We're going to say Ali. I would say Ali. Yeah. Should we talk about Ali or, or public? We can talk about Ali. I had Ali a little higher than you. Yes. I don't know. But I don't know. I've already moved Ali around a few times. We can, we can talk about Ali. If you want to, I mean, we can wait. I mean, there's some really, really cool stuff in Ali. It's just, I, I, I will not argue Ali for the best. So we can definitely talk about Ali for like the middle. Yeah. They, they just, they, they focused on a lot of weird stuff with Ali. Like, I don't know why Michael Mann focused so much on his, like, infidelities, I guess. Yeah, I'll be it's... honest. I didn't really know a lot about his infidelities until watching this. I didn't. It was a surprising twist that. to talk about his, like, real life and outside the, the ring. Like, I wasn't expecting Yeah, he that. cared a lot more about his personal life, especially during a very Which is... tumultuous time in his life very interesting especially in his in the draft um and and all that but it not to not to lessen what ali did of muhammad ali i think he was a great person or well a very influential person outside of the ring but like i watched this movie and every time he was in the ring i was just like fuck yeah, yeah. let's go this is what i want to watch yeah yeah, I mean, the thing with Ali, he's, like, a very complicated figure. Like, I think he's probably the most influential and, like, recognizable athlete of all time behind maybe 
like Michael Jordan and Babe Ruth, but like yeah, or ahead of them. I, I that he's probably ahead of them actually. Maybe I, I would say maybe he Michael is, yeah. Jordan now because we're a little. I mean, maybe people now don't know Ali as much as. But at the time, young, there wasn't like people. a single person who didn't know him. Yeah, I mean, he this. I mean, he was chosen like Jimmy Carter had him like do diplomacy stuff in Africa. Like, that's crazy when you look back at it. But the movie didn't focus. Like, I think people were like, "Oh, this is going to be a sports movie," and it it wasn't a sports movie. No, which I, I, I don't think was. I ended up being fine with that. Like. I, I have a really hard time deciding how I do feel about Ollie. Like I think Drew has already said, because it's moved around a bunch on his list form already. Um, but I will say one thing, like when it first started and I was like, I'm just going to see Will Smith. Like I, Will Smith is too iconic. Like I'm not going to start to see that as Ollie. And I was super wrong. Like 30 minutes and I just like forgot it was Will Smith, honestly. Yeah. Will Smith was good in this movie. I he thought very good in it. I thought he was great. It was, <laughs> It was. It felt to me like it was maybe a run for the Oscars for for Will Smith. I think so. it certainly was. He he delivered um, all these lines though, like his quips and stuff, so well. Like the yes. scene where he walks in and just starts banging on the drums and yelling, "The champ is here!" That gave the me champ fucking is goosebumps. Here. I thought that was the dope champ is here. Yeah, and that, I, that's like I a agree. real thing that, that he was... did, right? Yes. Yeah, for sure. I think Will Smith definitely did his his research here. I thought. He was nominated for Best Actor in this movie. He was, okay. I think he deserved it. Okay. He, he was phenomenal as Ollie, I thought. I thought he did great. I also think that the, the fight choreography was very well done. I They pulled it off for me. I don't know <laughs> if you guys agree. I'm not big into like boxing at all, but like this was cool to watch. Yeah, it also... It, it was kind of weird that they went so... in. They focused a lot on his relationship with Malcolm X... Yeah, they they put Malcolm X under the mat. They were just like sweep aside Malcolm X. We don't. Um, it was interesting. Marvin Peoples was pretty good at at Malcolm X. I thought. Yeah, uh, for sure. But it, it just felt like they were like Ali at a point was like, I don't want to really associate with you, Malcolm, and that just that was surprising to me. Yeah, like, I, did, I never X knew that big, that happened. Yeah, it was weird because Malcolm X, like Ali, essentially chose. Um, black is uh, the black muslim brotherhood or whatever black muslim brotherhood mm-hmm. over malcolm x and then malcolm x joined a different it was like sunni muslims i think or something like that i, I don't want to say the wrong thing but it, it was some different sect of it and then ali huh. ends up joining that later and i think there's like a quote from ali is that he like regrets that he never reconciled that relationship because yeah. he kind of disowned um the black muslim group because that... they're they're kind of a controversial thing. Yeah. Because their leader now was just recently. They had that whole thing with like Stephen Jackson was quoting the leader of that, and he's like a big anti-Semitic guy. Yeah. Or something. Yeah. I don't want to get too much into that, but it, it's like there's a he, Muhammad Ali is a very complicated guy, and they like chose interesting things to focus on. It was very yeah, interesting when they people... focused on the painting of Jesus where he was white, uh, had blonde hair and blue eyes. And like, that's like one of the things showing why he like denied Christianity so hardcore. Yeah. And yeah, it was, it was weird. And um, I'll say, I think part just... of what like bothered me with Ali is just like the time jumps. It's just, 
I mean, I know you're trying yeah. to tell a large part of a person's life in a short span, but I think part of that like took me out of it multiple times too, which is really yeah. why I think I have it just kind of in the middle. Yeah, I I think what I I appreciated Ali for like it it taught me things, and maybe it's I mean it's it's cinema, it's film, so maybe it's not a hundred percent accurate, but I like learned something from this movie, so that's maybe why it's a little higher for me. I I guess I appreciated that to some extent. And I don't, I wasn't as bothered with the time jumps here. Not as much as fucking the keep. That was just bad. Yeah, I mean, it, <laughs> it, was, a kind of yeah, it was a different kind of time jump. It was a different kind of by the keep. <laughs> different kind of time jump there. Um, I don't know. I, I I'd be all right with mediocre for it. It's it's it was fine. I will not argue it for best. Like I said. So, and I mean, also I I thought that there were some great actors and actresses in it. Uh, Jada Pinkett. Will Smith, uh, Giancarlo, what's his name? Uh, Jamie Foxx. The Fox. dad, he played the dad. Oh, yeah, he was good. Jamie Foxx Jamie Fox was, was great. And, um, oh, shoot, Jeffrey Wright, the photographer. Yep, yep. He was great. I don't know, it was fun. John Voight was really good in this. John Voight got nominated, John, too, in this movie. You, if you had Howard put himself. a gun to my head and said, who is this actor, I would not have pulled that it was John Voight. What the fuck? Wait, who did John Voight play? It did not look like... He was Howard the... Cosell. Howard Cassell, yeah. Oh. He was very good. I did not know that was John Voight. I didn't either. He was he was so made up with, with makeup. I was like and even now looking at a picture of Howard Cassell, he doesn't look like John Voight was in that movie to me. I don't know. That was a little weird. He also, still did a great job. Were, were I didn't realize like are are were Howard and Cosell Howard Cosell and Ali like that close? They seemed like they yeah, were like, it, like it was it. a very good relationship between like they he like cassell put up with a lot of ollie's like pompousness and and just kind of bullshit a little bit but like was a good friend to him that's what i got from the movie i don't know if that's how it was yeah and it was a fun relationship to see like when he walks in he calls him like an old man or something and then howard just kind of like chuckles and then they're like talking on a balcony i thought that was a very good yeah scene and speaking of relationships i also loved the um relationship that they showed between ali and um oh my god who was the rumble in the jungle who 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 was it who did he fight sonny liston no wait was joe this frazier on? joe frazier frazier the guy that he ended up meeting in philly and they took a car ride together yeah that's joe frazier okay yeah frazier um i i i i'm kind of a sucker for those kind of scenes where like these guys are like enemies in the ring but they have like a cool like friendship outside of it I, I yeah that, that I scene was very that. cool and i also never knew that happened yeah yeah I, I, who knows i don't know if that actually did happen or not maybe maybe I it did i i find it hard to believe it didn't with how intensely michael mann like does research so yeah yeah um is there any other we want to talk about for middle um i guess public enemies because we haven't talked about public enemies yet have we um, I do want to point out that I have moved heat up a few because like I was just thinking about heat. So it's it's moved up a little bit. Okay, good. But in, in saying that public enemies has moved down a little bit. So, yeah, we can talk about public enemies. Yeah. You you have yours very low, Pat. Yeah, Pat doesn't like. Yeah, public I enemies. just I mean, it's fine. First of all, I like pretty much all these movies. except yeah. For Black Hat and the Keep. Um, and I'll watch Black Hat if it's on. But the uh, <laughs> public enemies, just like I don't know, what I think is cool about Michael Mann movies is like the color and like how it's like really blue and he's doing a lot of cool stuff with the shots. 
And, like, this movie was just, like, really brown and, like, really, really in the 30s. And I just don't know if Michael Mann's... That's just not what I want out of a Michael Mann movie. And I, and I just thought that the performance... Like, I thought Johnny Depp was pretty good. I didn't think that... Uh, I thought Christian Bale was just, like, super underutilized in this movie. Yeah. Um, and I don't I know. I didn't realize that um, Miriam... Mir- Marianne uh, Cotillard or whatever. I didn't realize she was in this movie. That was that was kind of a nice surprise. Yeah, I, I don't know. I just thought it was a fine movie, but it was just like it was just fine. The the opening um, is very cool where they're at the prison and it's the shot of like yes. him walking into the prison and that looks like was cool. this giant white space and him walking into it and then how they break out right away. It's it's like Michael Mann is very good about like now we're just gonna start with like some action right now and then we'll maybe give you a little context later. He is very yeah, it good was at cool. that. Yeah, there was some cool like in the some of the gunfights were really good in this movie. Um, and I thought this... there was some cool shots when they shoot Pretty Boy Floyd in the, in between those trees. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's pretty cool. I I thought I Depp was great one, in this movie. I'm... Yeah, he was. He was, he good. was good. He was good. I think this one I put high because higher than you, Pat, because I'm kind of just a sucker for the, 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 that era. I really like that stuff. And if you give me a mobster thing, then I'm, I'm on board. Um, yeah, it, it fell short. Like it, it could, it, I don't know what could have been better about it. I do think Christian Bale could have been a little more present and utilized a little more. Johnny Depp was great. I don't know. I, I it, it's it, it was good and bad, and that's why I kind of put it. Part there, of it is of it's unsatisfying. Yeah. Like by the end, I find it very unsatisfying. Yeah. But it is based off a true story, so you can't really go far from the source material. Is there is there any Michael Mann climactic scene that? Well, you'll you'll say thief, but I just I don't know. I don't think I've not been impressed with any of like the climaxes of any of the Michael Mann stuff. I think the net, I think he's got quite a few thief. Thief is not in. The ending of Thief is not that. I mean, it's cool, but there's it's pretty cool. Better. We'll talk about the ones that I think that are better. I know that in Public Enemy, it's like that's what happened. He was shot outside of the theater, and he went and saw that uh, Clark Gable mobster movie. Mm-hmm. It was very ironic, and he was just shot. It was then there was no no gun uh, gunfight, nothing there. It was Stephen just Lang being like intermittently thrown in, in <laughs> kept taking Scott, me out of it. Or Stephen Lang, Scott Lang. I was about to say Scott Lang, like he was fucking Ant Man. <laughs> Stephen Stephen Lang was so good. I don't Stephen Lang again. The best part of Avatar, in my opinion. <laughs> I just kept expecting him no, to be you're the not wrong. from Avatar. You're not wrong. And then he's so good in this. And then also double double hitter Gian um, Giovanni oh, Ribisi. Giovanni Ribisi was in this movie barely, barely in the movie. But like again, the other good part of Avatar yeah. was in this movie. I, yeah, it had like I thought, the two uh, best actors from Avatar. Yeah. <laughs> Hold and on. that was this was the same Public Enemies was the same year as Avatar, right? Two thousand nine, was it? Yeah, I'm pretty sure Avatar was two thousand nine. Oh no, I, yeah, I, yeah was, Avatar yeah, was two thousand nine. I just didn't realize Public Enemies was. Public Enemies was two thousand nine for sure. Yeah, what uh, a year for Jason. Lang. Jason Clark was good in this movie too, as his like oh yeah confidant. Jason Clark is one of those guys that you just see in a movie, and he's never like the main guy, but he's just a good side secondary character yeah i, I like Jason consistent Clark. he does a lot of those good characters like that uh and i mean there's some cool stuff there's also that cool shot where they're um 
Johnny Depp is like in the gangsters room where they're like monitoring all those wires. Oh, and yeah, that's like cool. It's all lit up. That's and he's like going cool. through and looking at all the evidence on him and like seeing all his that scene is great. Accomplices. Yeah, because the movie was basically about like these old gangsters were just like still like just running gun with. It was just like the end of an era. Yeah, they yeah, weren't adapting the, to the new era of crime. The FBI was like, we're going to just like catch you because we're was, smarter. He's basically a relic of that era. And he's just like, uh, uh, Miriam, what? God, Coltyard. Why isn't she in the top build for this cast? Why is she so far down? Anyway, I'm looking at IMDb. She keeps telling him, like, you're not looking in the future. You're looking just what's straight ahead of you. You yeah. don't you don't plan. And it's just like, yeah, that's that's what it do, baby. That's what I do. <laughs> also <laughs> Did you just quote Kawhi Letter? <laughs> yeah, I did. What it do, baby. What it do, baby. <laughs> when uh an- another funny part you know how we were talking about how like women just like fall in love for the Michael Mann leading character. Yeah. Based. Th- this is one of the more ridiculous ones, is when Johnny Depp walks in. And just like slaps she's... the shit out of that guy asking for his coat. <laughs> breaks almost breaks and then, his arm. And then he's like, I don't know much about my dad. I like whiskey and I like you. And she's just like, okay. Oh, you know, here's, how it's, here's how it's going to be, Sugar yeah. Plum. You're with me now and that means you get the best. And you're with me and you're pretending. It's just like, damn, dude. Like, <laughs> and he yeah, just like That was a, a classic, <laughs> classic man uh, romance right there. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's not. A, I don't think it's bad. I just it's a fine it, movie. It wasn't. It wasn't very memorable. Yeah. In terms of some other stuff in man movies that I think are. I'm sorry. Favorite. I've just got to say, um, Carrie Mulligan is up here before Miriam Coltyard, and I don't. I can't even find Miriam Coltyard. Oh, there she is, Marion Coltyard, Coltyard, like Cotillard, whatever. I don't know. She's like thirtieth down. <laughs> yeah, it's weird. Why, I don't know why. Why is she so far down? Yeah, I didn't even remember that Carrie Mulligan was in this movie. Yeah, Carrie Mulligan plays like a nothing part. Yeah. Weird. Anyway. Um Yeah. I think that's a that's a serious contender for middle of the road for me. I Pat, you maybe disagree because you have it lower, but are we ready to move on to best? I think so. Yeah, yeah. Okay. I think that Michael Mann has four movies that are like borderline masterpieces and i think that those four are uh the insider heat collateral and manhunter okay since i've I've changed things around heat has now moved up i was gonna argue well no i i won't argue ali i we've already talked about ali but in my top i have collateral the insider ali and then now heat because the more i think about heat the more i'm like okay i i can get a little more behind it more than Thief, in my opinion, but I think Heat is much better than Thief. And really, the thing that brings Heat up the more and more I think about it is an Al Pacino. <laughs> oh yeah, right? <laughs> like goddamn, <laughs> so good. Uh, what's what's the line? He's just like yelling, and he's holding a drumstick, and he's just like, "I'm sorry if I'm seeing all these dead bodies, and no, like, I'm, I'm sorry so, if that's a little I'm, in the sorry, chicken. I'm chicken. sorry, the chicken got <laughs> overcooked, and then like." He, he he seems to like almost sigh with what he's saying. Like he, he seems to like give up halfway through saying that line. I don't know. Maybe that, it's so good. I don't know. I've got three um, dead bodies on a sidewalk. I'm sorry. The chickens. I'm, got I'm sorry if the chickens overcooked. <laughs> There's a lot of really good Al Pacino line readings in this movie. Yeah. And and then also like his. 
I thought that the scene. Well, I guess we'll just talk about heat right now. Should we? Um, Is it time? Yeah, I mean we're already, we're going into it. Um, you got you both put heat as number one. I have it as number four. Uh, one other thing while I'm thinking about it, I thought that the with Pacino and De Niro that scene where he's like, "Let's go get a cup of coffee," and like talking to him, I loved that scene. Yeah, and I think we're younger, but like this was the first movie that they had ever shared screen time on. Yeah, oh, really? that's like the first and, scene they're ever together in. Yeah, and, and these these were the two most famous, probably most renowned actors of their generation, and they both were they both crushed it in this movie. And this was ninety five. Okay. Yeah, they were in they were in the Godfather two to they were both in that movie, but never, they, were, they were never never together. together because De Niro was playing. Corleone as a young man and uh, Pacino was playing his son. It's kind of like my favorite piece of uh, Tango and Cash trivia. It's like, what's the other movie that Tango and Cash were in together but never shared a scene together? Oh, no. I, I... Do, do you know who Tango and Cash are? Are you yeah. kidding? Like, who, who played <laughs> That's Pat's Wi-Fi password. <laughs> oh, really? <laughs> okay. So, knows. <laughs> so it's Kurt Russell and it's Kurt Russell and... Uh, Oh, Sylvester Sylvester, Stallone, of course. So, what's the other movie that they are in together, but never interact? If anyone's going to know it, it's you, Pat. I'm not going to be able to get this. Is it? uh, Is it? You're you're going to hate the answer, Tanner. You especially. It's a movie you don't like. Oh my! Is Is the Force Awakens? No, I love the Force Awakens. Sorry, what was it? What's that? Is it the Expendables? Nope. What is it? This movie. It is a Marvel movie. It's. Iron Man oh, 3. Guardians of the Galaxy 2. Guardians of the Galaxy oh, 2. They're both in that movie. That movie's not... That they never interact. It's so boring. It's not a good movie. It's... Okay, we, we talk, we'll we talk about Marvel's movies some other time. Yeah, we're like, that is. But that was, like, that was a trivia question, James and, like, Gunn they were just, like... That was a trivia question for me when I went to, like, bar trivia way back before That's the pandemic. Funny. And they were like, what's the other movie that Tango and Cash were in together and i was just like what the fuck and it just hit me like a train like holy shit they were both in yeah guardians of the galaxy too sloan's character is great in it yeah yeah, yeah. so heat is a masterpiece and Sorry. so right. yeah, it's, yeah let's one of the greatest movies ever made so i i watched manhunter before he was actually the last movie i watched rewatched for this uh podcast but i watched manhunter heat was second and i was like oh fuck this is my pick like this is the best movie Holy shit, I love Manhunter. It's so good. And then I watched Heat again today, and I was like, oh, wait, nope. Heat is amazing. <laughs> so I I think, Drew, if you watched Heat a second time, it would maybe jump to your number one. Maybe go up a little more. Because I think I what was, was going warm against on Heat it for me. The first time I watched it. I remember like, texting Pat about it and stuff like a year ago, being like, that movie was way too long. The whole Natalie Portman shit, what the fuck was that? And like, I just I just thought it was like messy, and it didn't make a lot of sense. Second time watching it, I this might be one of my all-time favorite movies. I, I think I what had what Heat had going against it for me, and this is no fault of the movie, is that I watched so many movies in the past week and like Heat was near the end and I was just kinda I was a little exhausted. And just when I saw Heat, <laughs> I know you're gonna disagree, but I was just like, ah, oh, just another thief movie, huh? Alright, fine. 
and like I don't know that that kind of painted it. But like the more I think about it, Pacino is great. It, 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 I think maybe it can be top for me. I it, 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 I'm it, willing to. I mean, maybe it influenced so many movies. Yeah, Drew. So uh, do you know what movie influenced The Dark Knight? Heat. Yeah, heat? like okay. Nolan <laughs> like, openly talks about he took a ton of inspiration from Heat. He doesn't made, the guy who played every... um the Van Van Lert or whatever the guy Van Dam. Um the the guy Ruth they Balcomer. stole money from Van at the beginning of Heat. Van and Zant. he's played William by Fickner. William Fickner. Yeah, and he's in the he's in the Dark Knight at the mm-hmm. beginning, the mm-hmm. guy they're robbing money from in that bank. So I guess that you, you can tell me that and I would not be surprised for sure. That's well, I mean, think about it. So Heat opens with a dope bank uh, armored truck robbery. That's true. And the Dark Knight opens up with them robbing the bank. The Dark Knight heats about uh, the best cop against the best thief. The Dark Knight is the best crime fighter against the best criminal. They both center around like the highlight of Heat is when is the diner scene when they both meet. And I think the best scene in the Dark Knight is when Batman and the Joker are in the interrogation room. I mean, th- that's that's like an homage to all those scenes are directly not ripoffs, but they're homages to Heat. Like that's what he was doing. All right. So knowing that, maybe whenever I watch Heat next, I don't know when. <laughs> don't know when. Yeah, but I mean, you might want to wait a may- bit. Maybe. Yeah, I'll get, I'll let it marinate yeah. a little bit. Def- definitely um, let it marinate because it it definitely like the second watching for me was just like damn. Um. So I think I think that's pretty much heat there. What do we want to talk about next? Hold on, I want to oh, talk more about, about heat because okay. Heat. Robert, okay, Robert De Niro's performance is unbelievable in this movie. Also, he, he also he seems like the smartest guy in the room, but also the most dangerous guy in the room. Like when they're in the diner and he sits down, and then he just like slams that guy's head. On I love the, that on the door mm. or on the Wayne, table Wayne table, Wayne and then the window. His name is. When you first see De Niro, you're like, you know, that Wayne grows like a pretty big guy. But then, like, De Niro attacks him. You're like, oh, De Niro would just beat the shit out of that guy. Like, you 100% believe that he's, like, the baddest guy in the room the second he starts talking. Um, I have a I have a very important question to ask. Go on. Yep. Why the hell was Danny Trejo's character just named Trejo? Oh, this is actually so, fun. Yeah, so Danny <laughs> Trejo. So you know how Michael Mann likes to cast, like, actual criminals in his movies yeah and i know danny trejo has definitely that past yeah that's like what that's why they cast him and then like yeah. danny trejo is like oh, i'll just be a movie star now well no it, so this was a turning point for danny cast, trejo. though right he was just like to, there to be a consultant at first and then michael mann was yeah. like damn i like this guy i'm gonna put him in the movie yeah and that's why his name's trejo because he didn't like he just added I mean, him okay interesting i didn't have anything against that i was just like I was I was refreshing my memory when I was making my list and I was reading the synopsis for Heat just to like, you know, and it was just like right hand man and closest ally Chris Shahirless or whatever, enforcer Michael Chirito and Trejo. And I was like, what? They just don't even give Danny Trejo's character a name. They call him. the And then I realized, oh, he's playing a character named Trejo. Interesting. That's the bank both bank robberies in this movie are or the armored truck robbery is so cool yes and then when they rob the bank and then they have that like shootout on like in downtown los angeles they closed down downtown los angeles to do that that's insane yeah like man does again i don't think that should have 
I don't think that should have any. I I don't feel personally that has any bearing on like is it a good movie or oh not, no I'm just like stating a fact. Okay, I, I just think it looks so realistic. Yeah, yeah. Um. Oh, so I was um, gonna say so. This might rip it, baby. Uh. <laughs> yeah, let's go. You're doing it. Oh well. All right. There we go. I don't have a beer on me yet. I was gonna go run and grab one. I was gonna wait to crack that one to, um, right before um, Fincher. Yeah, I was gonna wait Fletch, between Fletcher, anyway. Fincher, but that's. Um, I was gonna say so. This might be because I've seen it a second time, and I don't think I'd ever seen really any of Man's films other than this too. But this relationship between De Niro and Brunette Lady was the most believable of the relationships to me. Edie of all of Man's what's her name, yeah, because like she's like, hey, I'm trying to reach out to you because like I've seen you come through this store a ton, and like I do know who you are, kind of. And then, like, they do kind of, like, a little fling. And then, like, there's the great shot of De Niro, like, seeing everyone with their significant other when they're having that dinner. He's like, damn, I kind of want that. And so he, like, talks to her. And, like, they, it seems like they have more of, like, a courtship to me. Hold on. Mm. You got to remember. So he says, can you pass the sugar? And cream. then she he says, goes. Can you pass the cream? Yeah, pass the cream. And then she goes, what you reading? And he just goes, a book about metals. <laughs> that's, that's all he says. And then she's like, oh, stress fractures in titanium. And he's like, lady, why are you so interested in what I read and what I do? <laughs> and then she's... <laughs> yeah, but then <laughs> like, he actually apologizes, though, which no other character does in fucking a, a Michael Mann movie. He goes, I'm sorry, I didn't mean to it's hurt true. your feelings. And then he, like, scoots over and starts talking with her. Like, I, I'm not yeah. saying, like, it's, it's like, a great realistic relationship, because the bar is incredibly low for Michael Mann, but I think that's his best attempt at it. And then De Niro is like, he's charming. He's like, yeah. He, yeah, like you'd believe that he's like, yeah, I mean, he's a good so, looking guy. And De Niro, like, like you said, he does an amazing performance in this. Like he's delivering the whole time. This is Al Pacino's movie. He fucking owns it. Like Al Pacino is just killing this movie. All of a sudden he's like, like, don't waste my motherfucking time. <laughs> Does it, doesn't he go in and he's like trying to set up a meet, but he like goes in. Does he fire a gun or did I make that up? Where he's like, uh, get, tell your guy to meet me tonight. Or he's like, he can't. He's like, he's in. No, he doesn't fire. Right. Like, he he slams his fist and like you hear glass time. shattering that you don't even see that. Like I don't know if it was yeah. meant to happen. Like shit like that. It just <laughs> felt yeah. like he should have fired a gun there. But that was like in my mind, I was just like, damn, if he fired a gun, he did. You know, so much paperwork. And then the scene where he goes <laughs> and sees that dude in Vegas. That um, Val Kil- It's Val Kilmer, right? I always mix him and Van Damme up because their names. Yeah. Is no, Val no, no, Kilmer? No, it's not Val Kilmer. It's the guy. It's the guy. Um, no, I'm saying it's, it's the dude he, banging his wife. Right? Yeah. Um, the guy that's in The Simpsons. That dude's in The Simpsons. That's, uh, oh, that's Hank. Uh, that's Hank. Hank oh, yeah, it is. Azaria. When he goes to him yeah. and he's like, "So why'd you get involved with her?" <laughs> he just yells, "Cause she's got a great ass." <laughs> I will pull that. <laughs> you got your head sometimes all the way up it. <laughs> yeah. I love that fucking line. Like that delivery is amazing. Something, yeah. something about a woman's ass brings it out of me. That's what he that says. The reason this movie is so high for me now because I just keep remembering Al Pacino in it. It's it's very good. I just I love Heat. I I didn't quite love it as much as I do now after this latest watch. Also, like, it's it's an all timer for me now. Weirdly, yeah. um, I was just, like they had Ted Levine in it or whatever Levine. I was Ted like, Levine. oh, that's that's the guy from Monk. <laughs> Hold on. Hold on, Ted Levine is uh, is James Gum from Silence of the Lambs. That was like that's his his big thing. 
That's a good segue because I've never seen Silence of the Lambs. In fact, I've never seen any Hannibal movies until Manhunter. Yeah, should we go to Manhunter? Are we done talking about Heat? Hold on. I just want to say one more thing about Heat. Uh, Val Kilmer, also very good in this movie. Yes, I I thought he did very well. It makes me want to watch Kiss Kiss Bang Bang again because I really enjoyed Val Kilmer in that movie. Val Kilmer's good. He like was very he's, famous he's like, for a while, and then just kind of. I mean, he kind of got fat and bad, and then like he's, I don't know what he's, he's doing now. He's a huge asshole on set, by oh, all accounts. I guess I would believe that. Yeah, not a lot of people like to work with them, apparently. Um, all right, can we talk about Manhunter? Yes. Yeah, Drew I and want I to preface this. I had no idea that this was a Hannibal movie at all. Yes, it I, was like suddenly I didn't they want were to tell you anything about this movie. That, and I kind of appreciate that because that was like a pleasant surprise. I had never seen a Hannibal movie. And then like it didn't even click with me that the the guy's name was Will Graham and he clearly has some baggage and something else is a little going on with like his detective work, like almost a sixth sense kind of thing. It didn't even click. And then they were saying Hannibal Lecter. And I was like, what the fuck? Yeah, I, Are you kidding I was me? just like, oh, wow. There was like a movie before Silence of the Lambs that like used that name and like just like it happened to become an iconic name later. No, it's actually the fucking character. What was the first this uh, to be fair this one like doesn't carry over really any actors from to the like no. obviously it's uh Brian Cox playing Hannibal Lecter right and there is like one crossover it's like the guy that does the uh um he's like I, I don't think that's a very good idea when Will's like use me as bait he's just like a detective mm. or like a fingerprint guy Okay, so like very minuscule. It's not. It's not the guy, same guy playing Will Graham. No, no, and definitely not the same guy playing Hannibal Lecter. Obviously, but like, what was the next movie after a Hannibal movie after this? It was Silence of the Lambs. Yeah, Silence of the Lambs. Okay, okay. So this wait, Silence of the Lambs came out in ninety one. So this came out like ten years before eighty six. No, sorry, five five years before. So the book the book came out in eighty one and. My dad owns the... He said, like, everybody read the book, and they were just, like, waiting for it to get adapted. And was Manhunter the first book, then? It was So, it's called Red Dragon. Okay. And for whatever reason, the producer was like, I don't like Red Dragon. Let's do Manhunter. And it's like... Mm. I mean, Manhunter's a good name, but, like, they should have just called if, it Red Dragon. If this movie had been called Red Dragon, I would have known that it was a Hannibal Lecter movie right from the get-go. I would have recognized that, but, yeah... I remember I texted you guys. I was just like, hold the fucking phone. Yeah. This is a Hannibal Lecter movie. <laughs> and I had texted Pat that the so night before. Because I wasn't going to send it in our group really, chat because yeah. I didn't want to ruin it for you. I appreciate that. I, I don't want to say that Brian Cox as Hannibal Lecter in this movie is better than Anthony Hopkins. But no. He but he's, yeah. he's, he's very good. Yeah. He's Hannibal good, Lecter. though. He's very, he's I liked him. And that's maybe a little bit of what, and I don't know if this is how Hannibal movies are, but like I wanted more Brian Cox Hannibal in this movie. He was barely in it. Silence the of the one Lambs scene is very where similar. He, really, yeah, he's, okay. he's definitely more prominent in Silence of the Lambs, though. But isn't okay. it, it's only like eighteen like minutes, this, right, of screen time? It's like huh. a, yeah, it's like eleven. But it <laughs> in. And this, like, Brian Cox is only in, in, like, two scenes in this movie. Yes. Yeah, he's barely in it. And the, the one, the scene, the two scenes he's in, I'm just like, this is great. I love this. More of this, please. And, like, get him out of that cell. I don't, I don't know. But the scene where he, like, gets the phone and he's, like, swarming his way, like, yeah. to get what he wants was, that like, scene rules. awesome to me. 
Zip that That's, thing that was down so to cool. for me, please. And then he's like, I bet he's you just like, she has a home address. It's he's almost like, flirting with this girl. It was so good. And you, <laughs> the One of the best lines in the movie is when uh, Hannibal Lecter is like, oh, so since you caught me, you think you're smarter than me. And he's like, no, I'm no I know I'm not smarter than you. You had disadvantages. And he's like, like what? And he just goes, you're insane. Yeah, that is <laughs> a great line. He's just like, like, you're right. That is and then true. also, like, the, the further further on of that quote, he's just like, you caught me because you are me or something like that. Like, we are the same, Will. Or something, he, didn't he say something like that? Yeah. I love when he runs out of that place and it's like the big st- spiral building and he's like running. Yeah. Well, and so what a weird show building. Running out too. They do like a first person camera bit for a little bit, like flying down the mm-hmm. hall and stuff. And like that, like w- was not being done before that. I don't think other than maybe the shining, I mm-hmm. guess. Hmm. Yeah. This movie's really good. I really love the whole, um, uh, Tom Noonan, the guy that plays, uh, the tooth fairy, the tooth fairy, um, uh, Francis Dollarhide is really good in this movie um i don't i maybe he was i i like i don't know well, it, i thought it was ranked very low so i, I know you didn't i have it ranked like, very low i just wanted a little more most of it was i wanted more brian cox hannibal i again thought that the climactic last fight sucked shit i don't understand so, say that. the whole the scene when they're playing the inagata vita and he's like walking in his house yeah, yeah, that was fine, but as soon as Will crashes through that window, I'm just also, like... Also, oh. bold move diving through a window instead of shooting your gun through Holy it. shit! Yeah, it was breakaway glass, but he would uh, he would fall to the ground just cut up and bleeding out. <laughs> like, that's not how that and works. I, I love I don't know. the idea of the final I, scene, like, with the music playing and all that, but, like, there are some rough edits, Pat. Like, it's clearly just, like, it's, it jumps. It's it, like, doesn't... It's, it's clearly, like, a poor edit in multiple parts in that final shootout. I don't know. I didn't. It didn't bother me. We, we were watching that cool. last scene together sometime, and I'm pointing out to you every single really rough edit. I know. I know exactly what edit you're talking about. It's when they, he cuts his face. It's not a good edit. No, like, there's just parts where he's the... shooting people, and it, like it does a weird cut to like cutting yeah. to the dude flying down the stairs, and then it cuts to him like at a. Yep. It's just it's there's some poor edits, dude. I'm sorry. I love this movie. Can I have it ranked t- second, but there are some poor edits. Can we talk about Duluth? <laughs> <laughs> oh, maybe yeah. you guys the only one maybe, i don't know if you guys heard it um, i didn't catch but, that part but you, I, I need to go back i listened it. to it about 30 times i was just so entranced by it but like it's the part where will is touring a house with like a realtor of some kind and like the realtor says something like um yeah we had a couple come down here from duluth and <laughs> like it, it i'll have to go so back and bad. check it i didn't catch it either but i believe you Dennis Farina is super good in this movie as the, oh, what do you think of oh, sorry, Jack Crawford? What do you think of Stephen Lang playing like a, a slimy little shit? I did he's, not even know that was Stephen Lang. He's so good as Freddie Lowndes. It's just it's just he's so, so unlike Stephen Lang, like how I perceive him to be today. He played a really good shitbag. Yeah, he did. I yeah, I I really liked this movie. I thought the scene, the tiger scene, is really cool. Um. When he takes, um, I forget it, the care, the blind, the girl. blind woman. Um, that scene was cool, and I also liked it when he finally like figures out what it is, and he's like staring out the window, and he's like, "Peel back the label; it'll be from the same place." And they like figure out who he is. Yeah, I thought that part was really cool. Big fan of all the Hannibal Lecter movies. I, well, I like the show, and I like Silence of the Lambs in this movie a lot. And then 
Red Maybe. Dragon, the remake of this is okay. It's not as good as this movie. I don't think at all, but it's, I it's didn't. okay. I found it very... Like Red Dragon. I found it very funny that this is my first uh, Hannibal Lecter movie. It was just kind of funny to me that this was, this was the first one I ever watched. Yeah. Because that's just what it is now from now on. So there's only two movies we haven't talked about yet, right? The Insider yeah. and Collateral. Yes. Insider was the last one I watched. I watched it last night. So I watched The Insider on Friday night, and... This is Sunday. I thought really hard about moving it to number one. Really? Yeah. I thought it was... It's so good. Um, It's a movie about a, a whistleblower at a tobacco company in 60 Minutes, and I was, like, just... I was glued to the screen i just thought it was amazing i thought yeah. it was really good super well acted russell crowe and al pacino are amazing in it christopher Plummer is awesome in this movie um it's just a i don't that movie shouldn't be good like it shouldn't be interesting like if yeah on paper i've been like i'm not fucking watching this movie and it was amazing it was yeah. so good i think we all agree like we all really liked this movie yeah i think so crow was um, amazing in it um what year did this movie come out the year 1999 so the year before gladiator so yeah he believably plays like an old fra- older fragile-ish middle-aged man and then he's fucking the gladiator the next year just looking fucking shredded he was so good in this movie russell crow was uh, he like was restrained and you could see that he's like a science guy but then there's like points where he like you can tell that this guy has a temper. Yeah. Like yeah, yeah he was doing a lot of his uh, John Nash stuff in it too, though. Like, yeah, having seen a beautiful mind kind before this, I could see a lot of that. Yeah, I agree with that for sure. Like, it was really good. Pacino was amazing as always. Pacino just knocking it out of the park every time. A lot of really good, uh, good lines by Pacino in this movie, similar to Heat when. <laughs> he's like he's arguing with the his producer and he's like you fucked and he's like no you fucked you don't inter- don't invert stuff it's it was is good stuff good stuff by pacito and uh the scene where he's on the phone out in the ocean was like peak michael mann yeah the, like, the shot like yeah. of the, like endless ocean i really like that yeah we haven't talked about how many times michael mann shoots men overlooking the ocean because it's it's in Manhunter. Times he did it. It's not enough. He needs to do more. Of it yeah, it's awesome every time. With with that shot in um, Insider where he's like on the phone and it's like, tell him to get on the fucking phone. Yeah. Like, and also for one thing, the guy who's the the uh, hotel manager or maitre d or whatever yeah. is the same guy from the producers. I was just like, what the fuck? Um, Cameron from the producers, the like the keep it gay guy. <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> um, <laughs> which is hilarious and he was yelling yeah, he tells you to get on the fucking phone but like that part where he's on the beach and then the scene ends with him standing out in the middle basically of the ocean i really like that shot because i didn't i didn't i would have to rewind and watch it again but like we didn't know that he had got in he had waited that no deep we in didn't the ocean, yeah right? that's like the point so it, the he's scene like ends with there. him and we're we're led to believe that he was like going to that depth to stay on the phone and make sure that this guy was it, it, it really yeah it was some very good storytelling it's super and like super i learned well a lot about pacino's character in just that little shot 
yeah because i don't you can kind of question his motives for a little bit but you start to like there you're like okay he is sincerely in it I he's think, on the, I he's think in the he's middle like, of vacation doing this. Like this is like yeah. one of the few characters in a Michael Mann movie that's like he's just like a good guy. Like he's very th- th- there's not a lot of flaws with with his like yeah. usually they're like flawed men. And even even Russell Crowe's character like we're talking about a guy that he like willingly worked for a long time. For, I mean he didn't whistleblow them until he got fired, right? So like he clearly yeah. he was he was taking the money and yeah. he his character literally says do I regret it? Yeah, sometimes. But, you know, that's just what it is. I don't know. Yeah. He is a uh, I would agree. He's a, he's just a good guy. He's questionable at times and he's let's 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 say he is passionate. Yeah. Uh, Christopher <laughs> Christopher Plummer as the the 60 the Michael Minute or the Mike Wallace character, the right, 60 yeah. minutes. He, he's awesome. I love this the the first scene when he's like arguing with the terrorists. It just about, doesn't like, give a CD. shit. And he's just Who like, was... all right, I've got my heart rate up. I'm ready to go. And What's like, that actor's name? Sorry. Christopher Plummer. Christopher. Was he in Knives Out? Yes. Or am he, I thinking of someone else? Okay. Also, did you guys catch Dumbledore? Which one? Dumbledore is the CEO of the tobacco company. Wait, which? Which Dumbledore? What's which? The second the... Dumbledore. The the one uh, the, who yells about the goblet of fire. <laughs> yes, him. Uh, what's his name? He was also in Fantastic Fantastic Mr. Fox, right? Michael Gambon. That's his name. Yeah, he's he's the CEO. That he's um, the CEO. I didn't even realize that was him. No, yeah, I didn't either. You you can holy catch shit. His, he's super Irish, so you can kind of catch some of his Irish accent if you know that watching it again. But there's I, just a lot of really good small parts in this movie that are that are awesome. I love him mostly for Fantastic Mr. Fox. <laughs> I love that movie so much. It is an awesome movie. It's a good movie. I watched that with you, Patrick, and yeah. maybe Tanner. You were there. We great. rented it thinking it wouldn't be that great, and I just fell in love with it. Great movie. <laughs> um, anyway. Another scene in this movie that's uh, amazing is when, well, the lead up to it. So, like, when Russell Crowe is staring out over the Gulf, deciding whether or not he's going to... Uh, be deposed or not and then he's like fuck it let's go to court fuck it let's yeah. do it let's is, go to court it's yeah. awesome That's and then the court scene is fantastic bruce mcgill the lawyer when he's like you wipe that smirk off your That's, face this i is, love this that is monologue. the state of mississippi it's awesome it's yeah. so awesome yeah i yeah i wasn't expecting to like this one but yeah, it was good. Yeah. And again, I learned a little bit from it. I'm I'm sure it's not completely historically. I know it's very dramatized. Um, but it was I don't know, interesting. Yeah, I mean the it, a fictionalized account of a true story. It is based on yeah. a 60-minute segment about Jeffrey Wigand, a whistleblower in the tobacco industry, covering the personal struggles of him and CBS producer Lowell Bergman as he defend his testimony against mm-hmm. efforts to discredit and suppress by CBS. I mean, that movie sounds like it's a documentary and it's super engrossing. Like I was into it the yeah, whole time yeah. and it's two hours and 37 minutes long. So like, it's not a short movie. No, no, not at all. I saw it. I was just like, Holy fuck. This is my, this is the last leg of my, my watch here. Not to say it wasn't enjoyable, but I was just like, like seriously, was, this is how long it is. It was nominated for seven Academy Awards. It's his most decorated film. I didn't know. Was that. it best picture? Um, it was, was it nominated for best pick? Yeah, best picture, best director. Oh, okay. You, you know, Russell has Crow Michael Mann ever should... won for best director? No, 
He's only been okay. nominated one time, which is ridiculous. The Insider? Yep. He should have hmm. won this this movie. I would have thought he would be nominated for Ali. But... Ke- Kevin Spacey won this year for American Beauty, which has aged poorly in a lot of different ways. Many in ways. So We're many not going to go there. <laughs> so many ways. We'll talk about Kevin Spacey soon. All right, let's, let's yeah. talk about Collateral. Let's knock that out, and then we can make our rankings. Yeah. Collateral, um, this movie rules. and I had a fun time with it. Tom Hanks is awesome in it. Tom Tom Hanks? I'm oh, sorry. Yeah, Tom Hanks. Right. Oh, Jesus. I don't know <laughs> this movie would be this so would different. If it was, if Tom <laughs> could you imagine could you if it was imagine? Tom Hanks? <laughs> Tom Hanks, hey, is that my briefcase? <laughs> Just takes down some cakes. Hey, hey, homie, is that my briefcase? <laughs> <laughs> I would love it. Even I would maybe watch it more fascinating than Tom uh, Hanks. Yeah. Tom Cruise. Tom Cruise is awesome in this movie, and so is Jamie Foxx. And I, it's, I watched it. This is one of the first movie I think I watched of theirs, and I think had I watched it later, it would have been because these four movies I like shuffle. Like any four of them, I think can be the top. Besides, I think he holds the crown for me, but like they're close. Like Collateral's awesome. I yeah I super enjoyed. It. I'd never seen this before. I didn't really know it was about one. I will say Tom Cruise looks fucking great with silver hair. Yeah, dude, looks so good. Looks so good. Um, Jamie Foxx knocks that out of the park. Um, what I want to say is this one maybe felt like a good Michael Mann romance because one, it wasn't really a romance. They just like had good chemistry on that ride and I like bought into that. And then like near the end, like him feeling the urgency to save her, like he definitely had that. I don't know. It's probably not a romance in the, in the true sense of like what we've seen before, but it just, it felt more believable because of the little, it was one night and it was a good car ride. And I love, I loved their chemistry that they had talking. It was so good. I would agree with that. Um, Yeah, I, I do too. I, I really liked everything about this movie. It's like his. It's one of his shorter movies too, and it's like oh. it's really well paced. So it's like quick. throwing that one on and seeing the time marker. I was just like, yes, <laughs> yes. <laughs> oh, so I do want to say before I forget the whole like man kind of repeats things sometimes <laughs> with Jamie Fox having that picture of an island that he just like looks at. It was so much like deep <laughs> with the collage he had. Yeah, I guess I never and really then thought about Tom it like Cruise's that, character yeah. reminds me a ton of Robert De Niro's character, and he. Yes, but he's mm. he's definitely like a little lighter and more funny than De Niro yeah. is. Like he mm. is not a funny movie, no. and there's like some legit funny stuff in Collateral. So Cruz's character is very complicated. Like he has some weird yeah. moral yeah, I was just code of his. It's like he's buddy buddy with Jamie Foxx. Like, yeah, you should call this girl. Like, yeah, what are you doing? What are you... And then like also kicking ass, and like Jamie Foxx is forced to go along with them. The best part is when the taxi like boss guy starts yelling at Max, and Tom Cruise is like, "Tell him that if he says it one more time, you're gonna take this microphone and you're gonna shove it up his ass." Yeah. <laughs> he like makes him say that stuff. Yeah, for like a brief it's moment, so I'm kind of like, ah, oh, yeah, Tom Cruise's character's a good guy actually, and, but he super is not. Super and sucks. And it's, when we, when they're talking about, he's like, yeah, I killed my dad when I was 12, and Jamie Foxx is like, oh my god, and he's like, I'm just kidding, I didn't do that. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I thought that was. Or the funny. line where he's like, you killed him. He goes, no, the bullets in the fall killed him. Yeah. 
It's just so morally uh, complicated. Yeah. It's but in the end, like he does. Also, suck. Mark Ruffalo is. Amazing oh yeah, I forgot Ruffalo movie. was in this movie. Yeah, he was super good. He really made some choices, and I liked the choices that he made. Uh, yeah, slicked back hair, big yeah. goatee. Are we meant to believe he's kind of undercover? He's like, yeah, he's definitely like a drug, drug, uh, like a vice yeah. under undercover drug guy. Yeah. Um, one thing I wanted to bring up about Collateral was like I really like the scene where he sits down and talks to the jazz guy, and I forget that guy's name, but like super cool in the three roles I saw him in. Barry Shabaka um, Henley is his name. Um, like, and then just like them, like just shooting shit and hearing the stories, and then like cruise on a dime is just like turns the conversation around. It, he might as well have said like you shouldn't have crossed the honorable Elijah Muhammad or something like just like what he did in in or what was said in uh, Ali. Like he just turns it around <laughs> and just like oh shit. That scene's that's one of the best scenes in the movie. The jazz scene. Yeah, yeah. I he agree just shoots him. Uh. He was gonna kill him anyway. The fact that he gave him an out an out of like quizzing him on trivia about. What was it Ray or no? Um, Duke. I don't remember. It was some a very famous jazz person. We're gonna. I think it might have been Duke Ellington. I don't remember. Yeah, I don't know, but I do have to make my big complaints about this movie. The okay. the music okay. in it is terrible. Uh, was this the one I watched? The one, so yeah, it's the one with the yeah, club. The one where I was scene. just like this it's fucking just... club scene. Strong word. I think it's very bad. I know. It's a lot of Chris Cornell. It really dates it. I'm sorry you don't like Chris Cornell. Not in a good way. Tanner, was this the club scene where I texted you guys and I was just like, 100%. Pat was getting really pissy about it. I couldn't remember. It was, Pat, (laughs) it was so bad. It was so bad. It was the same fucking tone over and over again it's just like this is the club a, scene's kind of bad in my race. opinion too what it's... the club scene's awesome <laughs> tom cruise is just just breaking people's arms and shooting folk he saves jamie fox's life this, so this was like one of the first ones i watched so my memory's a little probably off on it but i just remember there being like people shoot guns and like everyone like disperses but then like people keep standing there shooting guns and like it'll cut to multiple shots and like suddenly people aren't dispersed suddenly people are dispersed in yeah. I just thought it was a it's bad a scene. It's a big club. I thought it was a bad scene. You guys are... I hate both of you. We need to. We just need to move on from Michael Mann before I get more mad at you. <laughs> yeah, we're, I think we're just about done. Yeah, here. I mean, is there anything left to say about Collateral? No, but... Tanner, I agree <laughs> with you. Collateral's an amazing movie. And, but that uh, still, Tom Cruise... I mean, that's His still performance put, is the sole reason I put it as high as I did. I still put Collateral as number one, even despite what I thought about the club scene. Thank so, you, like that, Drew. You're a logical. Yeah, I still put. Man I thought it was a very fun watch. Bad edits at the end. All right, let's pick. The I worst. am willing to. For, I cannot forgive bad edits. We're not talking okay, about that. Let's, All right, let's now. Worst. I think this is going to be the easy. It's the keep. It's the keep. It's the keep. Yeah, I wanted so much to like the keep, but I just can't. I just can't. All right. This is just so bad. Most mediocre. What did we talk about? Uh, I think Mohicans we talked about. It's like Ali, Public Enemies, Last of Mohicans. Yeah, I think it's one of those three. That's tough. I would vote Ali. I'd probably vote Mohicans. I was also going to vote Mohicans. Okay, then it's Mohicans. I mean, that's the point of us having a non-numbered people. It's just, my reason being that 
Mohicans, I when I went into watching it, I was expecting something much more grand and robust. Same here. And just didn't because it was a huge fucking sense. deal when it came out. It was, and I don't know if maybe I was combining it with Dances with Wolves. I I don't know. Yeah, it just wasn't what I wanted. Yeah, yeah, and I don't think Man's so very good guess... at like hand to hand fight scenes and stuff like that. I thought that a lot of them didn't look as good as they could have. I'm gonna Hold color on. code I, our list. Real I, quick. I I forgot to mention this, but the in Last of the Mohicans when um that last sequence when they're running up the hill trying to get Cora's sister back and the Magua kills the son and then the dad absolutely destroys Magua. That's like that was like some of the coolest shit I've ever seen in a movie. Can, can there's something else I want to say about the dad? Where he like is they're looking over the cliff and he's just like, I just buried my son. Now I am the last of the Mohicans. And he like looks at Daniel Day Lewis like, fuck you, you're adopted. (laughs) (laughs) It felt weird to me. (laughs) I thought that that part wasn't great. No, but the the sequence of them running up the mountain and then those fight scenes with the music, the music in that movie is awesome. The score is really good. Yeah, yeah that that sure. was some of the. That's like one of the coolest stuff Michael Mann's ever done. But the rest of it, I think, is like mediocre. Yeah, mediocre. Not mediocre, but it's the middle. Mediocre for Michael Mann. For Michael Mann. Yep. All right, last the Mohicans middle. Um. All right, best. I mean, I'm voting Heat. It's heat. It's heat. All right. Well, I. I. The fact that. All right. Yeah, I don't think I can argue collateral very well even though it's my number one i can i'll i'm all right with heat so that concludes michael mann so we got his worst movie is the keep uh most mediocre or the middle movie is last mohicans and the top movie is heat i've got the color coding on there yep and uh i just want to conclude this by saying that we all agree that michael mann is a genius and uh, i don't I don't. I, I will don't. not tolerate any smirching of his name on this podcast. I don't. I don't agree with that. I don't think so. I mean, uh, I, he's one of the greatest working filmmakers we have, and I and I stand by that. I will uh, argue that. Drew and I did a uh, message like a week ago saying, like, I think some of this is going to be Pat just getting pissed at us. Yeah. And, and I'm, I was, also, I'm I, also going to go on record that I like Michael Mann more than both James Cameron and Christopher Nolan. You love that's Michael crazy. Mann. To me. I like Nolan more. The, uh, yeah, I like Nolan more for sure. You're you're very much you like uh, the the crime the 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 crime dramas. Like yeah, the, I have good yeah. taste. You, you love those. They're dramas, and I'll, I they're not for me. They're not for me. All right, so looking at the time, we were planning on doing this as one episode, and I mean, truth be told, we're going to keep talking, but for the sake of just listeners, we're going to split this up. So let's end this episode now, and then we'll 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 pick it up and start doing it again. So I guess. That's a wrap. You 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 mentioned what it was, uh, who what what the best and middle and worst was. No need to repeat that. So next time you listen to us, this will be we'll be talking about David Fincher, and we will conclude it by comparing the two, uh, man versus Fincher, best, worst, middle, and seeing what happens there. So excited to talk about it. Um, we should mention that now that we we officially have it, we want to thank Carl J. Sorensen for the theme. If you want to. You want to check out his stuff um, or work with him? You can go to carljsorensen.com. Tanner, do you want to thank uh, that old that old goofball? Yeah, thanks. 
No. Okay. <laughs> Thanks to Brett Jacobson, who did the art for our show. Um, I'm not going to say a fun fact about him. I do that on a different podcast. Um, I will just say that Brett's favorite uh, Michael Mann movie is Black Hat. Is it actually? I uh, don't know. Okay. Michael, right. Ma- Michael um, Mann's a genius. So that's Michael Mann, and I let that's I'm not I'm gonna edit you out, Pat, and that's a wrap. <laughs>